The following message is brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016, and this is presidential release number 447. We have just recently completed our Washington seminar, one of the most interesting Washington seminars we've experienced. We had here in Baltimore the weekend leading up to our Washington seminar, 30 inches of snow. We had a number of federationists who were here for the legislative director's meeting at our national center. Uh, They were snowed in with uh, food and heat most of the time. The power went out for a couple hours, but the spirits were high. And I want to thank all of our members across the country who made, in some cases, very extraordinary efforts to get to D.C., despite the weather, to be ready and available on the Hill to push our policy agenda. We pretty much owned Capitol Hill last week. Our presence was definitely noticed besides the staff, the congressional staff, and the few members and senators who were there. Uh, It was pretty much the National Federation of the Blind that owned Capitol Hill, and we made a lot of great progress on pushing our legislative agenda for 2016. The dedication of the National Federation of the Blind is distinctive, and it is one of the things that for our past 75 years has made us more effective than anybody else in the area of blindness and, frankly, than many other organizations. And based on the experience of our Washington seminar this year, I think that trend, tradition, and ethic for what we do is going to continue. Thank you again to each of you that made an effort to be here. Many people simply could not make it. There just weren't enough seats on rescheduled flights. And I know that uh, each of you who could not make it will do your best to get the work done in the local districts. There's still plenty of opportunities to tell our members of Congress uh, back in the home district about why our priorities are important. I think we're going to see some very exciting movement on our legislative agenda in the coming months. Today is a historic day for the National Federation of the Blind and our work. We have been pursuing for really the entire history of the National Federation of the Blind to raise the standards of employment for blind people and to discard the notion under the Fair Labor Standards Act that says that people with disabilities are inherently less productive than everybody else and therefore should be paid less than the standard minimum wage for everybody else. We have been working on that in many, many contexts, and we have been making substantial progress in that area. Uh, Today, we have secured a landmark ruling that is just the next step in that march for us, a very significant step. Fortunate for us, One of the principal leaders, really the principal leader working on this particular issue for us, is our immediate past president, Mark Maurer. And I would like to now invite him 
to the release to talk about our landmark settlement in an employment case in the state of Ohio. Here is Dr. Maurer. Greetings, fellow Federationists. I am a lawyer, as you know. I spent the first week of January in the courtroom. We had a petition filed on behalf of three people, one of whom is blind, two others who have other disabilities in the state of Ohio in Seneca County. And there is a sheltered workshop there. They were being paid less than the minimum wage. They were being paid an average of $2 and a half an hour, although the average went down to three cents and it went up then to something over $10 an hour. We put on a case saying that a sheltered workshop has to demonstrate that there is a connection between a disability and the capacity of a person to work. Otherwise, it's not permitted to pay a wage below the minimum wage. And the judge found that we did enough work to demonstrate that this is so. The decision has now come out. It is as of yesterday, but we got it this morning. This will make a huge difference to people being given sub-minimum wage payments in sheltered workshops and elsewhere because it creates a standard that is recognizable and that must be followed. It is a tremendous victory for us, for all of the history of the Fair Labor Standards Act. The way that you have been able to pay people less than the minimum wage is to say that they're disabled and they're not productive. Now you have to show that it isn't that they got tired of the job or that the way the job was being performed was inadequate or something else. You have to show that the disability does this, and that is a huge change in the test. This should make a magnificent difference to people in sheltered workshops all over the United States. Thank you very much, Dr. Maurer, for delivering that outstanding news and for your continued work on behalf of the National Federation of the Blind. I said at the Washington Seminar, our Great Gathering Inn, which was on Tuesday morning this year instead of Monday evening because of the weather, but we had it. And I said at the Gathering Inn that uh, I am certainly glad that Dr. Maurer is on our side, and this ruling that we've received is a great example of why and the tremendous leadership that Dr. Maurer continues to provide to our organization to advance our work uh, is really meaningful. This is something to be celebrated. Please spread this news far and wide and especially share it with those employers that continue to perpetuate the idea that people with disabilities need to be paid less than the minimum wage in order to be employed in any setting. This is going to be a tipping point in our effort to secure fair wages for all. I want to talk to you on this release about the tools that we use for communication. We have now for, oh, I don't know, 30 plus years, 40 years now, I guess, offered the presidential release. And at the time that Dr. Jernigan first launched the presidential release, in the early 1970s, the release was a primary vehicle of communication for us. 
speed ahead to 2016, and we have a whole slew of communication tools we use to get out information about the organization. We continue, of course, to have the Braille Monitor as our flagship publication, but we also have, oh, I don't know, hundreds of listservs, and we have a monthly e-newsletter, and we have weekly uh, emails that, that I put out from the Office of the President, and we have social media, and all sorts of ways that we communicate internally in the organization and externally. One of the things that I have been talking with leaders of the Federation about and uh, need to continue to get ideas from you about are how we continue to evolve our communications, make them more effective, get our members better informed about the work that we are doing. And one of the primary tools we have is the presidential release. And as I say, it's evolved over the years and partly because our communication channels have changed. The primary purpose of this release is an opportunity for me to speak directly with members of the Federation, particularly at our chapter meetings, about the work of the Federation, what we're doing, what the priorities are, uh, what I'm working on, what I'm thinking about, and to some extent what you're thinking about and what I'm hoping to hear from you about. That continues to be true. It's been true for the entire time we've had the release, I think. I continue to look at new ways to communicate effectively and engage with members of the Federation. I am endeavoring to make the release uh, sharper and uh, more pointed toward one or two topics per month that can be presented at our chapter meetings. This forum is really meant to be presented in the context of a local chapter meeting. And if we develop new chapters, we need to teach them that one of the cornerstones of the chapter meeting should be the presidential release. I am planning to pull some of the more oh, strictly announcement-related items out of the presidential release because I think we have a number of other channels where we are effectively communicating those pieces and to some degree in a more timely fashion. For example, on this release, I could talk to you about our White House petition. That effort is going to end on February 11th. It is only eight days away. Some of our chapters won't even have meetings before the 11th, and so would get this release after that time. It doesn't make the release a real viable medium to do that. We're going to develop a new podcast that will be more Federation news announcements related where people can listen to it outside of the chapter meeting. So that's a new communication tool we're going to develop, and I'll want your continued feedback about how that's working. This also brings to mind, though, that we are a diverse organization, and for some of our members, our new members in particular, a chapter meeting is the only way that they're getting connected with the Federation until we get them plugged into some of our other means. And in fact, for some of our newly blind members, they may not have experience yet with the tools and techniques that we use as blind people to get information. So the chapter meeting really is the primary way. Uh, with this release, I'm calling on our chapter leaders 
to make sure that all of our members are plugged into our communication tools beyond the chapter meeting and beyond the presidential release. I want you to play the release at chapter meetings, but I want you also to make sure our members are getting plugged into the Braille monitor, especially as we bring new members into the organization, getting connected with some of our other communication tools so that we continue to spread the news and work of the Federation and communicate effectively with each other. And then please continue to share with me your ideas about how we effectively communicate all of the work that we are doing. I appreciate that and I look forward to hearing from the leaders of the Federation about this topic and how we continue to evolve it in a positive direction. I do want to just bring a few things to your attention real quickly on this release. You can get more information on our website and other places, but these are some things that we talked about at the Washington Seminar. The first is we have now released a self-advocacy in higher education toolkit for our blind students. These are information sources, uh, connections on the website that will help our students better advocate for themselves in higher education. We know that technology in higher education is a problem. We, of course, don't have the resources to sue every school in the country, but we can empower our grassroots members to take action and focus the energy on the high-impact opportunities for us to make change. So you can go to nfb.org and you can find our self-advocacy higher education toolkit. You go to nfb.org forward slash self-advocacy-higher-education to find that. Closely related, we are working on a number of legal advocacy issues in the Federation. We need to continue to hear about the new areas of technology or problems that you're facing that might require legal action on behalf of the organization. Now, there are lots of cases out there. We can't take all of the cases, so we look for opportunities to create systemic change in the marketplace. So, a good example is when we find a particular new technology that comes into education. We try to focus on working with that technology vendor, and if we can't make progress there, we might bring a lawsuit about that particular set of technologies. There are some specific areas that our legal team is seeking information from members of the Federation right now, but don't neglect bringing up the new things that are uh, happening out there, bring those to the attention of our legal team as well so we can see if there's anything we can do about it and stay up to date on the trends. But the areas that we're specifically looking for information about right now are these. We need to hear from individuals who would like to use the red box kiosk services. Either you've wanted to use them or you have tried to use them. There is a nationwide class settlement being proposed related to Redbox, and it is not as good as some other settlements that have happened related to Redbox, and so we want to gather data on that so we can respond to that class settlement. Also, Social Security. We're looking into the electronic kiosks being used by Social Security, but also the accessibility of online forms for Social Security. 
we're doing a lot of work right now looking at online banking and not just online banking for your bricks and mortar bank down the street particularly banks that are online only that the only service they provide is an online service we want to hear about the accessibility experiences with those banks also health related uh, technology especially electronic health records especially from the employee side we'd like to hear about accessibility but definitely your experience if you've had accessibility barriers as a patient accessing electronic health records. In the employment space, there's many things that are of interest, but we're focusing right now on gathering data about uh, electronic uh, job applications. So these could be online job applications and also online employment tests. A lot of uh, companies require you to take various uh, employment tests online before they will consider you. We want to know about the accessibility of those. Also, we continue to monitor the Common Core State Standard assessments. These are the assessments used in K-12 schools to measure the progress of students against the Common Core Standards. Uh, the two primary vehicles for this have been the PARC and the Smarter Balanced Consortiums, but other uh, vehicles are popping up as states opt out of those two consortia. So experience in the K-12 assessments we want to hear about. Technology in higher education, of course, continues to be a priority for us. We hear, oh, dozens of stories a week about this. We need to continue to collect that information. All of these areas are priorities. Also, the electronic kiosks coming into food service, particularly we're, right now we're looking at the kiosks used tableside at the Applebee's chain, but there may be others in food service. Let our team here at the Jernigan Institute know about your experience with these matters. Our legal team, Megan Sadu, is our general counsel and Valerie Yingling is our paralegal working with Megan. You can reach them here at our 410-659-9314 number, and you can also send an email to Valerie at v-y-i-n-g-l-i-n-g at nfb.org or to Megan at m-s-i-d-h-u at nfb.org, and please continue to send your information to us about your experiences, and we'll do our best to get you connected in a way that can help you deal with it, or we'll figure out if we can amplify uh, what you're dealing with because other people are dealing with it in some of our legal matters. I have one bit of Federation family news for you on this release, and that is that Robert Dennis McKinney was born on January 13, 2016 to Cassie McKinney, president of the National Federation of the Blind of New Hampshire. Robert was born at 3 a.m. and he weighed in at 8 pounds, 9 ounces, 21 inches long, I spoke to Cassie on the 13th. She was in great spirits. Not surprising, she was very tired, 
but very happy that Robert had arrived. She was regretful that she could not be at the Washington Seminar with us this year, but I reminded her that there are many other years ahead of work in the Federation, and we were certainly pleased to have Robert as the newest member of the National Federation of the Blind. In closing this month's release, I thought I'd share with you uh, a new technology that I secured for Christmas. A Christmas gift to the Riccobonos was an Amazon Echo. So I thought to provide some of the customary endings this month, I would ask uh, my new technology friend Alexa for some customary endings. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Alexa, tell me a joke. What cheese goes round a castle? Mozzarella. When should you go on a cheese diet? If you need to cheddar a few pounds. Do you know where I had my first dance? At the Amazon.prom. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, 200 East Well Street at Jernigan Place, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230 www.nfb.org